0: Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, Hey guys, in this week's episode, I'm going to be talking more on the subject of self-discipline or self-control. So if you listened to last week's episode, I talked about how self-discipline is the gateway to Christian maturity. So if you want to grow as a believer in Jesus Christ, one of the best things you can do is cultivate in yourself self-discipline. But in that episode, I just talked about what discipline is and why you need it from the Bible. And I didn't talk at all about how you can actually cultivate it because there wasn't enough time. So this episode, I'm going to give you eight strategies for developing Christ honoring self-discipline in your life. And if you haven't listened to the previous one, it'll be helpful to give you a little background. I'm going to assume a lot of the things that I talked about last week in this episode. So do listen back to that one if you're looking for some background. As always, thank you so much to Patreon supporters. You guys make this possible. Appreciate you very, 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 very much. If you're a listener to this and you're interested in helping support the effort for me to produce these podcasts and the videos and the blog, you can check out my Patreon on patreon.com slash prod. Over there for as little as three bucks a month, you can chip in a little bit, get some exclusive updates and the $5 and up supporters get some stickers with redeeming productivity on them. And I actually just added another little bonus for the $10 tier, which I'm going to be sending out soon, which are these notebooks with the redeeming productivity logo on them made by a listener named Marcus. So if you guys are interested in those, go check out my Patreon page now. Okay, enough about that. I'm not even going to do any extra housekeeping this week. I'm just going to jump right into the meat of it. Maturity. Hmm. We want that, don't we? I think all believers in Jesus Christ want to grow. It's pretty natural to the Christian life that we would grow in sanctification, that we would seek to be more like our master, but it's hard and discipline's hard. So I thought it would be helpful to kind of go through some different strategies, some different ways, some how-tos for how you can cultivate discipline in your own life. And these are very, 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 very practical. And I actually probably, I have a bunch of them and I'm only going to do eight because we'd be here all day. But these are things that I found that work for me. These are things that, you know, some of these have like a very explicit scriptural basis to them. Some of them come from books and articles on building habits from people who've done research on these things. So it's a whole host of different ideas, but I think that some or maybe all of them will be beneficial to you. So let's get into it. Number one, the first strategy for developing Christ honoring self-discipline is really less of a strategy and more of a mindset. But I think this is a good place to start. Remember that maturity doesn't come overnight. It doesn't come overnight. This is important to begin here because you have to be patient with these things. Don't beat yourself up when you make this commitment that you're going to become a more disciplined person and you're going to suddenly start hitting the gym seven days a week or spending three hours in prayer or Bible study every night uh, or keep your room spotless every week. it's just, it's not going to happen overnight. You don't just flip a switch. You have to build towards being a more disciplined person. And so take it slow, be patient. Remember that God is gracious towards us in our weakness. And like I said last week, the Lord wants you to succeed in this. And so be praying for it, asking for his help, doing it in his strength. But that is always so encouraging to me is the Lord wants us to be more mature. He wants us to grow into Christ-likeness. And so you have everything working in your favor in this endeavor. Just be patient. By the way, I forgot to say this in the beginning. I have an article version of this as well that I'm going to link into the description. So if you'd rather read this or afterwards, you want to go back and look at the points. I've written it out all pretty as well. So be patient. I've probably told this story before on here, but I'll tell it again, just in case I haven't, because it's applicable. I met this girl one time at a prayer meeting. So it was for this mission society and we were all kind of doing a day of prayer and the girl who was at my table, her prayer request is simple. She said, I'm just praying for a breakthrough. And everybody else at the table nodded as though they understood what she was talking about. And we're like, okay, we'll pray for a breakthrough for you. But I genuinely didn't know what she meant. And this is probably because I found out later, this is probably because I didn't grow up in like charismatic type circles of Christianity, but I, I, I just hadn't heard this language before. So I, I asked her, it was so vague. I asked her at lunchtime, I said, what did you mean by breakthrough? And she described, this feeling of frustration over struggling with sin that she was just really praying that she would sort of receive this zap that would kind of elevate her to the next level of holiness. And I can, I don't think that that's how it works that you just kind of get these zaps and get elevated to the next level of holiness, but I can sympathize with the desire to be honest. I think we all kind of wish that we could get a zap and it would just jump us up in our discipline and our maturity and we would just be better, almost like a spiritual liposuction, you know, where God (laughs) would suck all the sin and laziness out of you and all at once. And then you'd just be spiritually fit, but short of glorification, which requires you to die. No such procedure exists. And so hunting for shortcuts, hunting for this hope that we'll just jump up and become more disciplined overnight or become more true overnight. That's a fool's errand. You're not going to find it. So be patient be patient. Number two is don't let emotions in the driver's seat. For many Christians, their walk with the Lord really is dependent on emotional highs. And that leads to this roller coaster effect. And so you might've experienced this yourself where you go to a you know, church service and you get all this great pumping worship music or or even more. So you go to a weekend retreat uh, and you reinvigorate your affections to the Lord. You're like, all right, I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to really, really be disciplined this time. I'm going to walk with the Lord really, really closely now. And that maybe carries you for a little while in that wave. And then it crashes and you're back down to where you were before. And so then you start seeking out another spiritual high because you think that'll carry you with your closeness to the Lord. And you end up with this, you know, Roller coaster effect where your walk with the Lord is dependent on these experiences. And that is not how the Christian life ought to be lived. You can't depend on those externals to be the thing that carries you through. And that's why discipline is so much different than that. Discipline isn't dependent on feelings, on your emotions, on getting pumped up. It's steady. It's stable. It goes no matter what the external circumstances are, it'll sustain you. And so, yeah, those emotional highs, th- sometimes those are great when they come, but they cannot replace long-term plodding faithfulness for that. You really need discipline. And so I say don't let emotions in the driver's seat. And really what that means is I don't feel like it, quote unquote, is never the right response to Christian duty you cannot be basing whether or not you're going to walk faithfully on how you're feeling. You need discipline. That's going to march through the valleys of life. You need emotions to get out of the driver's seat, get in the trunk. (laughs) Sounds like we're kidnapping emotions. Emotions have their place. I just say as a side, but you, if you're led by emotions, you're going to be tossed to and fro all the time. So discipline, has to begin, not with the emotions, but with the mind. And that carries us into the third strategy for developing Christ honoring discipline. And that is that discipline begins in the mind or start by disciplining your mind with the truth. Start by disciplining your mind with the truth. So like any change we might want to make, the choice to become more disciplined is just that. It's a choice. It's a decision. And choices... Begin in the mind, more specifically choices begin with a change in the way that we view the world. We might say decisions begin with our theology. We, we, we make decisions based on what we believe is what I'm trying to say. And based on what we believe our actions follow those choices. So recognizing that our lives are not our own, right? First Corinthians six, 19 through 20. That creates a massive paradigm shift in the way that you view all of life. That's why I, I focus so much on this podcast. on talking about stewardship, this idea that you have been entrusted by the Lord with your life, with your money, with your resources, with your time. And it's not yours. Remembering that all the time, your life is not your own. You were bought with a price that produces in you a theological paradigm shift. And you look at the world a different way. And if you really believe it, it will change the choices that you make. Okay. So if you get your mind right by meditating on scripture and truths about God and the Christian life, your actions are going to follow that. So if you're looking for a starting place, start with the mind. You say, well, okay, well, practically, how do I do that? Well, the first thing you can do is by deciding what your mind dwells on. Philippians 4:8. finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You have to choose what you're going to dwell on. And so when your mind is disciplined by the truth, your behavior will follow. And this is why I recommend as a starting place, you say, I want to become a more disciplined person. Don't start by going to the gym. Don't start by, you know, one of the, getting more organized. All those, all those are important, but the first thing you need to do, the bedrock you need to lay before any other discipline is get in the habit of reading the Bible daily, because that will transform your mind, which will transform your actions. Number four, the fourth strategy for developing Christ honoring discipline is strive by repetition to have discipline mature into habit, strive by repetition to have discipline, mature into habit. So in the beginning, when you're trying to become more disciplined, that's going to require you to draw on willpower. And as we continually make the right choices using that willpower, the need to draw on willpower will diminish. And they've done studies on this. And they find that the willpower is a finite resource, you can You've probably had this too. You, you have decision fatigue, which you experience. That's why often at the end of the day, you're very, very tired. Even if you work just an office job is if you make a lot of choices, you are constantly drawing on willpower. And this is hard with discipline If all the things you are doing in life or wanting to get better at or more consistent with require you to exercise willpower every time. That's going to wear you out and you'll run out of willpower. The trick is getting those things to turn into habits. And when something becomes a habit, this is how I think about it when something becomes a habit, it's something you do without thinking about it, without even really deciding you're going to do it. It's just something you do. And so it doesn't require you to draw on those reserves of willpower. So it happens, is you become the kind of person who wakes up early, or the kind of person who reads their Bible every morning. There's never any of this debate anymore of, Oh, will I do it today? Or won't I, or do I feel like it? It just doesn't even enter your mind. Once it becomes a habit, you just do it because you do it. And once those habits are formed, you free up that willpower and you can use that towards forming new habits. And this is one reason why I think it makes sense to focus on just one habit at a time because willpower is for building habits. It's not for sustaining them. So that's number four. Five, the fifth strategy for developing Christ honoring self-discipline is remember that discipline always requires sacrifice. So again, this is more of a mindset thing, but discipline begins in the mind. So look at that. Look at how I got myself out of that pickle. (laughs) So remember that discipline always requires sacrifice. I think this is so critical. It sounds stupid to say this, but discipline isn't easy. It's hard. The reason that it's hard is because it requires sacrifice. The reason it's hard for you to get off the couch and go for a jog in the morning is because you don't want to sacrifice the rest that you're experiencing or the good feeling of scrolling through your phone while you lay in bed, right? You don't want to sacrifice comfort for something that you know you ought to do. And so, admitting right off the bat that discipline will always require sacrifice gets you just to kind of get over that part. Yeah, it's going to require sacrifice. Don't debate, oh, would I rather? Just forget about it. It's going to require sacrifice. So, kill the thing you have to sacrifice and get on with what you have to do. It's very easy to say that something is a priority. It's easy to write it on a piece of paper. It's easy to set out your goals and say, these are my top priorities, God, family, work, you know, like it's easy to say that, but it's discipline that continually actually gives first place to our most important priorities. It's discipline that makes us actually make the choice to do the thing we say is a priority instead of doing what's easier. So it's discipline that makes us choose family devotions over football. It makes us choose integrity over ease, holiness over temporary pleasure. But notice there's always a choice. It's always a choice. Discipline requires something to be sacrificed. And it may be things that aren't sinful, things that are otherwise good, but if they are not the priority and they're getting in the way of you doing the priority, they must be put to death. They must be sacrificed. And I think the sooner you make peace with the fact that you can't have it all, the sooner you will do what is necessary to become a more disciplined Christian. Number six, the sixth strategy for developing Christ honoring self-discipline is build on habits that are already working. So building new habits is hard. It is hard, but it's easier when you build on something that's already working. You say, well, I don't have any habits, Reagan. I'm just a toad and I lay in bed all day. Well, I don't know why you called yourself a toad, but we all do have habits. We all do have things that we do every single day. And if we build on those things, we can kind of uh, coattail on the back of a habit that's already in place. You, for example, you hopefully brush your teeth every night. And if you're wanting to become more disciplined in something, your efforts at discipline are going to be go much further. If you invest those efforts in coattailing off of a habit like that. So with brushing your teeth, for example, say you wanted to become more faithful in memorizing scripture. You've got some verses and you say, okay, I I want to, you know, go through and I want to learn some of these key passages. So they're just really, you know, embedded in my heart. Well, write a verse on a note card, put it in the mirror where you brush your teeth each day. You've probably heard this advice before, but have you ever actually tried it? It works. It works so well. You're going to brush your teeth. So get as much things out of the way, remove as much friction as you can between yourself and the thing you're wanting to be more disciplined at. And you will find that it's easier. It's easier to make it a habit. Uh, This is another example. People share this all the time, but it's hundred percent true. If you want to exercise, get your clothes ready the night before. Get your shoes all nice and next to each other and your gym shorts and whatever else you wear. I assume you wear a bunch of headbands, probably ankle warmers, get all that stuff out and get it all ready. So in the morning, there's just fewer, it's just easier. There's no friction. You just do the thing you want to do because you had to get out of bed anyway to use the restroom and there's all your gym stuff. So capitalize on that. Build on habits that are already working. That's going to help you become more disciplined. Seven. Seven. The seventh strategy for developing Christ honoring self discipline is harness waves of motivation to create systems that last. Harness waves of motivation to create systems that last. So I believe I talked about motivation maybe a couple months ago on here, but have you ever been hit with a big wave of motivation? I I probably shared the same thing back in that episode. My goodness, guys. It's. So crazy how the time flies and how I just like, forget about stuff nowadays, I guess it's getting older, but anyway, let me just muse about my, my impending mortality later and I'll just tell you the the tip. (laughs) So harness waves of motivation to create systems that last. So you you get hit by a big wave of motivation. We get this all the time. Usually after coffee for me, (laughs) you say today is the day that I start reading the Bible from back to front. And so you dive in, you get 20 chapters in Genesis before lunch and you say, wow, that felt great. And that's when things start to waver because it was a Saturday and most of the week you can't actually read 20 chapters in a single sitting because you have other responsibilities. So the next day you have less time and you say, well, I'm still coming off this high of motivation. Let me try it again. And you only get 10 chapters in. And then you start to kind of thumb ahead and you say, well, there's still 20 more chapters left in Genesis. And you start doing the math and you say, well, I can't really do 20 chapters a day. Maybe I could do 10. If I did 10, how long would it take me to read the full? You know, and then you start realizing, wait a minute, this is, I've bit off more than I can chew. And then you remember Leviticus and numbers are coming up and then you just despair. So once the boost of motivation is gone, you drift back down to the status quo. So what went wrong there? What went wrong? You got motivated, but it didn't get you anywhere. Well, motivation is a fickle thing. It's awesome when it comes and use it, utilize it, harness it, build something with it, but don't expect to sustain long-term progress with it. You're not going to feel the same level of motivation tomorrow that you feel today. And so plan for that. That's what discipline is for. Actually, discipline is for when we're not feeling motivated but motivation isn't useless. It's like a lightning rod. You you need to capture those flashes of energy and store them somehow so that they can produce more productivity down the line. So how do you do that? Well, you do it by when you feel motivated, you harness it into systems, you build out things that are going to make it easier for you in the future. And so, for example, in, in the last strategy I gave, I talked about the thing about setting your gym shoes out before you go to the gym, use motivation to build a system like that, to, to start thinking through, so you're feeling motivated. You say, I want to go to the gym. just hold your horses for a sec. Do go to the gym on that motivation before you do use it to say, how am I going to make sure that I can go to the gym every single day and not just when I'm feeling great like this and come up with some, some strategies and some systems. Maybe you need to buy more gym clothes. Maybe you need new shoes. Maybe there's, there's something that's been standing in the way of you actually going to the gym. Maybe you don't have a membership and you just need to call and set that up. Do those things when you feel motivated so that when you're not feeling motivated, you will continue to do it in the future. So next time you wake up on a Saturday. You got a cup of coffee in your hand. You're feeling like you can take on the world. Don't do the natural thing and just dive right into some project. Instead, what you want to do is jujitsu that wave of motivation to create a system that's going to enable you to produce sustained results in your productivity and stewardship once the feeling has passed. So that's number seven. Use motivation to create a plan, organize a process, or write out maybe even a detailed to do list, but just set yourself up for progress and success once it's gone. And finally, we have numero eight. So the eighth strategy for developing Christ honoring self-discipline is always do the right thing the first time, no matter how small. And so what I'm talking about here is being disciplined all the time. When your alarm wakes you up, you have a choice. You can hit snooze or you can get up. Get up every time even for little things like that, even for things that don't matter. Treat discipline like a muscle. Treat it like something that if you use it more, it will grow more. If you let up in one area of life on discipline, you will find that that seeps over to other areas and it becomes easier and easier to make the choice not to do what you know you ought to do. So always do the right thing the first time, no matter how small. Be disciplined in the littlest, tiniest, insiwintziest moments in life, and and this is uh, another way I've put this in the past: is capitalize on every decisive moment. Every time a decision is presented to you by some external stimuli or circumstances, like the alarm. The alarm is is a decisive moment because it's presenting a decision to you. The alarm it's making an annoying sound. And it's like, I don't know <laughs> if you have La Cucaracha's your alarm. I don't. I don't know why that was the song that came to mind. But when the alarm beeps at you. It's not just an annoying sound. It's a decision. It's asking you something. The alarm is saying, are you going to be disciplined today? Or are you going to be lazy? And I say, every time choose to do the right thing, get up to the alarm, get up to the alarm. You're either going to do what needs to be done, or you're going to indulge yourself. And the more often in life that you choose to do what you know needs to be done, the easier it becomes in all of life. It's that simple. Get up, get up every time. So when you practice discipline, even in the small things of life, you will soon find it oozes over into all facets of your life. So that's it. That is the eight strategies for developing Christ-honoring self-discipline. I would be very, very interested in hearing if you have strategies of your own that you'd be willing to share with me. You can email me always at reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. And I always appreciate hearing from listeners. But specifically this week, I'd be interested in hearing about ways that you find helpful to making yourself more disciplined. And once again, this is also going to be available as an article, which I'm going to be linking in the show notes. So if you want to read a written version of this or share it with people that will be there and I want to tip you off as well, probably Lord willing, it's almost done (laughs) by the end of this week, I have a video I'll be releasing on an app that I've mentioned on here before called Readwise and kind of explaining how I use it and why you should too. So keep an eye out for that. And also I'll do some house cleaning at the end here. (laughs) Make sure you subscribe. If you're not subscribed, if you haven't rated the podcast, please rate it It helps people find it and if you're interested in supporting the podcast on Patreon, you can go on and do that. There's a link in the description and oh, there's one more thing. What was I going to tell you? Oh, it was so important. Oh newsletter. I have a newsletter. You guys I've revamped my newsletter and my goal with it is to make it the best email you get all week, which is kind of a low bar because emails the worst, <laughs> but I want my newsletter to be the thing you look forward to. So I'm really pouring a lot of effort into it. I've condensed Reagan's roundup and my midweek email newsletter into one super newsletter. And I send that out on Thursdays now. And if you're not already subscribed to that, now is the opportune time. Go to redeemingproductivity.com newsletter, or click the link in the description here and sign up. You also, when you sign up, get a free morning routine planner PDF that I've put together. It's kind of the step-by-step thing that'll help you develop a morning routine that honors Christ. Well, that's all for this week's episode. I will see you again here next week, but until I do remember this, that in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.